Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble of Black Tribbles fame. And as always, I am joined by my partner. Hey, hey, this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul, G-Town Radio, 8 to 10 p.m. on Wednesdays. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are ending our month of vampires. Tonight, we're traveling to see a vampire in Brooklyn. Yes. Starring Eddie Murphy and Angela Bassett. Kadeem Hardison, John Witherspoon, and Alan Payne. Also, there is Joanna Cassidy playing against type as the rough police captain. I was about to say, she's playing angry black police captain. <laughs> she is. <laughs> she is. I was like, I'm tired of your lone wolf ways. <laughs> I was like, whoa. And this film was directed by Wes Craven. The legendary Wes Craven. Fair to say legendary Legendary Wes Craven. Craven. Of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. Not yet. Not yet screamed. Not yet screamed. Which is important. Very very important. Yeah, absolutely. You will see how important. Yes, indeed. A little bit later. But first, ladies and gentlemen, as, as always, we like to go through all of the feedback that we have gotten from each and every one of our show missionaries via email twitter facebook and instagram we got an email from maurice poplar hey what's up maurice hey brothers thanks for taking one for the team with scream blackula scream <laughs> we we do it for the love maurice we Amen. do it for the love <laughs> i know you have touched on the cosby allegations and i'm sure you're up to date on the harvey weinstein stuff sexual assault harassment and rape have everything to do with hollywood google fatty arbuckle mm. yeah that's how how about that man the original trial of the century yeah and talk about the destroying your career i don't know mr weinstein or anyone in his inner circle but it's no surprise that many actresses from the films he funded have become huge stars and others well, their stars didn't get a chance. He is exemplary of why a lot of your and my favorite actresses of color don't get much work. He wasn't looking for talent as much as he was following his libido. Talent seemed to take back seat to who he wanted on the casting couch and who would comply, who would keep quiet. How many in Hollywood don't cast sisters because they don't want to get with sisters? How many don't cast brothers because they because they don't want to get with brothers? How many people don't work because they don't play the casting couch game? How many see the predatory aspect of the game and work to become a gatekeeper in a town that hides its skeletons? On the outside, we only see Hollywood types act crazy and self-destruct. It's easy to conclude it's drugs or just the kind of people who get into the movie business. Makes you wonder how some people get labeled easy or difficult to work with. I'm sure as you two journey on the Michelle mission, you'll see plenty actors and directors who just drop out at the top of their games. Sadly, racism and sexism aren't the only challenges in the movie biz. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yes, everything that he said, and and Mm -hmm. I don't know when he wrote this, but, but, you know, the director came out talking about Sophie Okanita Mm -hmm. and and how he wanted to cast her in a role. Right. And Harvey Weinstein basically said she wasn't attractive. 
and no one would want her in that role. Which is, of course, code for black. Yeah. Because she real fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, God bless the Oprahs and the Ava DuVernays and the Barry Jenkins and everybody who, you know, it seems like not only are they becoming creators, but they're putting themselves in a position to create opportunities for other people. Yeah. And along with and, and along with those lists of names that you you um cited, I think it's it's fair to also um share some love for a lot of the producers in the music game today. Um they kind of like have been practicing that that type of mold lately. Yeah. You know, uh building up their own their own platform for their music and not being so not being reliant on like the the big record companies. Right. And right. then paint you know, pulling the rest of their crew for forward. Um I mean that's a tale as old as time in the music game. It's just that as artists have become smarter about the game, they are not just pulling their their partners through, but they're making sure that their partners get a chance to eat too. Right. You know, right. because before, you know, you've had some people, you know, some some shine some shiny people who may be a little fluffy, if you know what I mean, who will pull people through just so that they could, you know, rip them off. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, movie wise, God knows we we talk about him mercilessly but we have talked about it very much on this show i mean all props to tyler perry yeah because he really did create his own lane yes he did and build his own house yep in this village yep and he has his he has his stock like uh uh uh, uh cast yeah of characters exactly and actors exactly that he goes to exactly for all of his projects exactly they so always he, know that they're gonna eat so he has never had to worry about Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's an example to follow. Exactly. Very much so. Thank you for that letter, Maurice. Yeah, Maurice. Really appreciate it. Um, in our Facebook group, boy, people love the Facebook group. Yeah, lots of fun. They are having a lot of fun over there, man. Uh, there was a few questions that popped off. I just want to look back on a couple of them. Uh this time I'm going to get it right. It was your, this is your cousin. Yes. Cherie Debris. Yes. That's Daryl's wife. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, well, Daryl is Cherie's husband, quite honestly. <laughs> there you go. And, and people don't know Daryl. Daryl is your co-host. Right. On It's All Soul. On It's All Soul. Mm-hmm. She wrote to us, uh, it's safe to ask this question in front of family. Oh, I've never even met her. She considers me family. Well, you know. What's up, cuz? Um, <laughs> does anyone else raise an eyebrow at the casting of Marshall? Thurgood Marshall was a caramel man with a stature that could fill up a room when he entered it. Uh, she's talking about the movie Marshall. Yes. Which has, which cast uh, the Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman. Also Jackie Robinson. Also, James Brown. I was about to say. Uh, in the title role. Um, and a few people had something to say. Uh, Leslie Dixon said, Chadwick Boseman said he side-eyed the casting. Then they had a Marshall family member call him. 
talk about talk about casting where is that Zoe Saldana Nina Simone movie it does not come on cable if uh to which Cherie answered if Zoe listened to just one Nina Simone song she would have understood that was a no-no her color was her pain uh Jamal Nuh said that Chadwick Boseman has been chosen to play all black leaders throughout history He's playing Shaka Zulu in his next movie and <laughs> Rosa Parks in the one after that one. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. That's but true. Very true. You know, I think... <laughs> so, <laughs> remember we were talking about the, the, the Princess and the Frog, Princess Tiana, a few weeks ago? Yes. So we took my daughter to Disney World, I guess for her third or fourth birthday. Oh, wow. That's and, when I took my daughter to Disney World. And wanted her to have, have you know, they have um, tea with the princesses. Exactly. Like yeah, the princess yeah. court. And this, this is important. This detail is, is, is important. Before you actually are part of the princess's court, mm-hmm. there's some type of ceremony, apparently, where they, where they you induct like a- you into the princess's court. Right. And we went before Princess Tiana's official induction. Oh, so we had to find her like she was around during, you know, doing um, autographs and stuff. But but she could she wasn't like in a central place. Right. So, you know, we were there for, you know, I think a long weekend and we found her on, you know, I think Thursday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and Princess is it's just a sister. It's just like a 19 year old sister in a dress. Right. A nice which, dress. Nice dress. I mean, the Princess Tiana dress like that green dress. Right. Which sidebar. This was really bizarre. Grown women, like 50, 60-year-old black women, were crying, telling this girl how long they had waited for a black princess. Mm-hmm. Like, I grew up my whole life, and I never saw a princess that looked like me, and this is so important to me. Like, actual tears coming down their face. Yeah. But this was like just a 19-year-old girl in a dress. Like, she... Like she wasn't actually Princess Tiana, right? I you know, it's not like they met Nichelle Nichols or or Oprah. Like this is just a girl who's like going break from Hampton and this is her summer job. Mm-hmm. So it's just a weird dynamic. Anyway, you see, the, we see Princess Tiana on like Thursday, mm-hmm. and you know, my daughter gets her signature and this, that, and the other. And then on you know Saturday, my daughter wants to go see Princess Tiana again. So we go find her. But now it's a different girl. Of course. She don't even look like the other girl. So they just, I guess they just put a black girl in a dress. Like, you know, Snow White has the Snow White wig. And, and you know, I think like Cinderella had like that little bun yeah. deal. Yeah. But Princess Diana was just a black girl in a dress. And I guess, well, I guess for most of the people here in Disney World, we all look alike. See... But here's here's so Chadwick Boseman can play, he can play Thurgood Marshall, he can play Dizzy Gillespie, he can play Coleman Hawkins, he can he can play me and you. He can play Sidney Poitier and Harry Belafonte. He can play Sidney Poitier and Harry Belafonte. Got a dark-skinned girl look like Michael Jackson. Got a light-skinned girl look like Michael Jackson. To quote the great Kanye West. And her name is Chadwick Boseman. (laughs) We also... (laughs) We also, on our Facebook group, 
Uh, got a question from who asked this question? Who asked this long winded question? Here we go. <laughs> Gerald, uh, excuse me, Greg Sims. Greg's having fun on Facebook. Yeah. Better movie star, Denzel. Yeah, this or was hot. Eddie. This was a this was a hot this was a hot question. Yeah. Yeah. Now Mike Zablinski said Denzel, much better range. Jamal Nuh said this is not even a conversation. I'm bummed out that I gotta say this, but it's Denzel all day, every day, to which Sabria uh Hafiz said Yeah, this is not really a competition to stand up comic versus a, an actual actor, uh Denzel. Um Steve Tozen, the six million dollars. Yes, triple. yes, a billion dollars. I thought the question was better movie star, not yeah. necessarily best actor. Yeah, that's Eddie right. Eddie Murphy oozed a magnetic, a magnetic charisma at twenty-two that took Hollywood by storm. And while he's made some awful movies, he's also made at least four iconic ones that have stood the test of time. If the original poster or meant better actor then I'm being presumptuous yes I was actually on Steve's side with this and so was the original poster Greg yeah. Sims mm-hmm. who, who who gave him a rousing thank you yeah. and then Vincent Slaughter said well since you said movie star and not actor I'm going with Eddie uh, Lucas Human. Lucas Human. <laughs> I love that name <laughs> said it's pretty ridiculous considering that he hasn't done stand-up in 30 plus years but I still think of him more as a comedian than an actor. He's certainly a star no matter how you slice it. Uh, He most definitely oozed a magnetic charisma and he still does. However, Daryl Charles, Shelley Johnson and Robert Monroe Jr. threw their votes to Denzel. It's a good question. It's a good question. It is a good question. And where where do you land on that? I think Eddie Murphy is clearly a big a better movie star because than, than Denzel Washington. Because because he he's made more iconic films like like I forgot which person said that he's made at least 5. Mm-hmm. I count I mean I count 6. What what are you 6? I mean my 6 48 hours. Okay. Trading places, Beverly Hills Cops, mm-hmm. Harlem Nights, Boomerang coming to america okay like when you're talking about films that you can recognize from one scene mm-hmm. like you just put a scene any scene from those movies on the screen for one minute mm-hmm. and people can tell you exactly where it's from mm-hmm. and that's not even getting into the nutty professor films well i actually think to reach an iconic status your your role has to cross over so i don't think that his roles in Harlem Nights or Boomerang okay, stand, that's fair. That, stand that test that's of time. Fair. His Nutty Professor roles do. The clumps, yeah. that, that crosses over. So I can, I can see you on the, the... And then his first three. Well, yeah. 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 Um, certainly 48 Hours, certainly Trading, trading Places. Beverly Hills Cop. And Beverly Hills Cop, yeah. Um, and then I would go coming to America, right? And, and then the Nutty Professor. That's where I would go. I mean, for a minute, Doctor Doolittle was a thing. It was, but that was just a thing, just because of kids. Right, right, I mean, right. nobody really cared about Doctor Doolittle. I mean, speaking of kids, do I mean does Shrek come into this conversation? True, but I don't think that's not an iconic role because of Eddie. 
I mean, that's it's because it was a great cartoon. But if you go to you go to the Universal, it right. ain't Eddie Murphy's voice in, in the donkey. It's just a donkey running around. Right, right. You know what I mean? So, um, see, I could ride with y'all on that, but to me, this question comes down to the argument like Hollywood considers the uh, 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 maybe about ten years now. They they gave a listing of the top movie stars of all time. Right. Right. And the top two were in order Tom Cruise and Cary Grant. I need to know what the what the criteria was. Well the criteria was movie star. Yes, but, like the, but who like like how are we judging this? Well, regardless of how you're judging it. No, I don't think well, that's a regardless t- question. Well, I'm, I'm, regardless of how you're judging that. Okay. Okay. But but it was it came down to Tom Cruise and Cary Grant. They were the, they were one and two. Okay. On their list. On this list. On this list, right? So, um and their argument was much along the same sides of yours is that both of them have had some iconic characters that they have done okay. in, in their filmography. And both of them smartly have been able to withstand the test of time mm. um, as movie stars, as different uh, generations, through different generations, through different, you know, man of the moment coming through, it would be an action action man in the moment or leading man or romantic lead man. They both have been able to stand the test of time and still been able to put butts in the seats. While while they have had iconic characters that they've done when broken down it wasn't so much that they've played iconic characters they've been in iconic movies because both of them Tom Cruise and Cary Grant more or less play the same person in every one of their movies okay right? to me that argument comes down to Eddie and Denzel Eddie is certainly the I think probably the more charismatic movie star. I think when, even when he's in a movie now, you, you're kind of like waiting for him to be Eddie because right. you know it's inside him. Right. Um, I think personally that we've been waiting long enough now that it's safe to say it's not that Eddie's not coming. Back. I'm not saying that. I'm holding out hope. Okay. I'm the dude. I'm, I'm the Japanese soldier in World War II with the beard down to my knees on the Pacific Island. All right. I don't think the war's over yet. All right. That's fine. That's fine. You stand out there. I am with that candle, <laughs> waiting for your Eddie Murphy and Tiger That's Woods right. to return. That's right. It's me and Linus in the pumpkin patch. <laughs> they ain't coming. Meanwhile, Denzel Washington is now in his early 60s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And is still putting butts in seats. True. He is still probably still pulling down. I mean, I mean, at one point, he was pulling down $20 million a movie. Um, the movie business isn't what it is uh, in those, you know, those days of the 90s. But he probably is still pulling upwards to 15 to 20 million oh yeah oh yeah if he wants it because yeah. he, he and he certainly is smart about his movie he do, he'll do like two for you and then do one for me right right you know um he has for the most part 
for the most part, avoided major controversy. Yeah. He has, you know, for the most part, you know, done some fun movies, but also done some serious stuff. Tried to show some range in yeah, his stuff. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't mind. I think he's about due to do another comedy. Quiet as cap. Yeah. Um, but he certainly has the chops. He's shown that he's had the chops to do comedy. He's shown that he can do multiple things and 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 have them sell. He's shown that he can play well with others. Play the play the backfield, whether it be like in a, a more of an ensemble or a buddy movie, or even letting his le- leading woman like maybe like you know letting her shine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. So, because you could argue Viola Davis. Yeah. Was the star of Fences. Exactly. Even though the play is about Troy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you you could also argue that it's through his charm and his acting that he actually makes Whitney Houston palatable in the... Um, in the bodyguard. In, no. In, I mean, the, the um, preacher's, preacher's wife. wife. Preacher's wife. You know? That is very... You are making an interesting argument So right my argument... To me, the better... Movie, movie star, star is Denzel. Is Denzel Washington? That I actually think you muddy it up with the preacher's wife argument. I think if you look at their careers over the past ten years, if you just go over ten years, it's Denzel it's all Denzel. day. I Eddie think, can't sell nothing. I think you've made a good point. Like Eddie Murphy has really cashed out almost. Yeah, like he does this stuff like every blue moon. Mm-hmm. And he, now he's talking about returning to comedy. Well, yeah. See, and, and all that is is he's looking for lost glory. Now that I don't even see, I don't even think it's that. See, I honestly and truly think that Eddie Murphy does not care. Like Eddie Murphy is so. I guess this is good. We need to segue into the film review. Um, like I feel like Eddie Murphy has gotten to this point where he is as close to content. As one of these dudes gets, like I don't think Eddie Murphy. I don't think Eddie Murphy is looking for glory. I don't think. I don't think Eddie Murphy is looking for anything except maybe not being bored. I, I disagree, because the word on the street and all the the tabloids and and stuff like that is that when Eddie did not get the supporting not supporting uh, right for Dreamgirls actor Oscar for right. Dreamgirls, he was pissed especially considering that he had gotten so much love at all the other award shows and stuff like no, that. no 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 i hear you and i remember that hubbub but i just look i mean dream girls was what almost 10 years ago now i don't think it wasn't 10 well it wasn't 10 years ago well maybe i mean what do he look yeah, he's, okay. he's yeah. done norbit he's done um mr church mm-hmm. did i miss something like i think he did another one of them shrek movies probably like, this is not a man. Like, this is not Will Smith. Like, Will Smith churns out one of them Oscar bait movies every two years. Right, right. Eddie Murphy endured. Like, if Eddie Murphy was upset about not getting nominated, he, he, he his work doesn't show it. Yeah, because he's not. Because he don't do nothing. For another one. Like, he shows up every now and then and says, oh, I'm going to do some stuff. Like, he's been threatening to come back to stand up. For 20 years. Well, that's true. And you know, and as, now I'm not holding that flag up. Yeah. Like, I'm not holding up the Eddie Murphy is coming up back to stand up flag. Yeah. I just want Eddie Murphy to make movies again. And like, make actual movies. So, you know, but no, I don't think, I, I think 
the biggest problem we have with Eddie Murphy, the movie star, is that Eddie don't really necessarily want to be a movie star no more. What do you think he wants to be? I think he wants to make that music in his studio that don't nobody want to hear. <laughs> you know, he got his lady. Yeah. And he got that big ass house. Yeah. And kids. I mean, you, I mean, yeah, right, right. So, you know, God bless the brother if he's happy. But I think you may have changed my vote to Denzel Washington. Like Denzel Washington actually has that actor thing mm-hmm. where he has to make art. Yeah. And... And he he's making interesting. We're actually like older Denzel Washington. Like I'm really enjoying older Denzel Washington, as he's kind of like not beholden to super sexy Denzel. Yeah, like he can actually act. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think you changed my vote. Oh, you're welcome. That's the greatest martial art of all. <laughs> you turned an enemy into a friend. I think either Bruce Lee or GI Joe said that. It's the greatest martial art move of all. That's one to grow on. <laughs> Let's get into our review of Vampire in Brooklyn. For centuries, they have roamed the earth. Fearsome creatures of the night. Endlessly seeking to satisfy an unyielding hunger. <laughs> Now, the world's last vampire is about to encounter something infinitely more terrifying than himself. Brooklyn. Interesting. I've been stabbed, and I've been hanged. Even broken on the rack once, but I've never been shot before. It kind of itches a little. Paramount Pictures presents. If you're hungry, I'll run you down to KFC down the street and hit you off with a two piece. I already had Italian. Eddie Murphy. Do I look like I would buy it to you? Angela Bassett. You bet not. Not after the day I've had. Eddie Murphy. Everything, come on, move it. Yeah, yeah, right. There's a lot of love in this room. Look at this. And Eddie Murphy. Bottom line, brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to tell you tonight is that evil is good. Let me hear y'all say it. Evil, evil is, is good. good. If he fails here. Oh. Quickest way to a woman's heart is through the church. It's actually through the ribcage, but that's a bit messy. Being undead. You got the dropsies. Won't be worth living. I'm a cop. If you uh, try anything funny, I'll shoot you. Women. Vampire in Brooklyn. I would love to have you for dinner. Vampire in Brooklyn. Also known as Wes Craven's Vampire. Wes Craven's Vampire. I I did notice that he had his his, name on top of it. You know, he's taking credit for this. I mean, he should. He directed it. Yeah, I suppose. Um, it's a 1995 American comedy horror film directed by Wes Craven. Eddie Murphy, who also produced and stars in the film, wrote the film's script alongside Vernon Lynch and his older brother, Charlie Murphy. Rest in peace. And Vernon Lynch is his uncle. Okay. 
the movie co-stars Angela Bassett, Alan Payne, Kadeem Hardison, John Witherspoon, Zakes Mokay, and Joanna Cassidy. Murphy also plays an alcoholic preacher and a foul-mouthed Italian gangster. In this movie that was released in October of 1995, that, despite negative reviews, has become a bit of a cult film among Eddie Murphy fans. In the uh, story, Eddie Murphy plays Maximilian, a suave, mysterious vampire who has landed in Brooklyn, New York to seek out uh, in search of the Damphir daughter of a vampire from his native Caribbean island in order to live beyond the night of the next full moon. Vince, this wasn't your movie. I was about to say, this wasn't my choice. This wasn't your choice, but I'm starting with you anyway. Let's start with me anyway. Yeah. All right. You know, you know how I like to get a handle on these things. Mm-hmm. I like to put them, like to place them where they are. So, Vampire in Brooklyn, 1995. Yes. This is three years before Blade. Yes. I forget how many years it is, but it's before From Dusk Till Dawn. Yes. Which means that the only popular depictions, like I want to say the only, because I couldn't find any, but like if I say that it's the only depiction, somebody's going to write in next week and say, oh, you forgot about blah, blah, blah. But I think this is the only popular depiction of a vampire of color since Blackula. Okay. I mean, there's Ganja and Hess, but, you know, 1995, I think it's fair to say not many people have seen Ganja and Hess. Yeah. Like, it's possible Eddie Murphy, because Eddie Murphy is famously a student of film. Yeah. But I don't, I think it's fair to say that no, he hasn't seen Ganja and Hess. Okay. So really, it's just Blackula. Mm. So you have that. This is a year before The Nutty Professor. This is after, uh, I think, Beverly Hills Cop 3 and The Distinguished Gentleman. So this is during that period where people were, like the murmur was, and even before those two, Eddie Murphy had moved into a little hit or miss. Oh, yeah. So the murmur, murmur was that Eddie Murphy was on the decline Mm -hmm. as an actor and as a creative force. This is right before Scream. For Wes Craven. So Wes Craven has established himself as this horror director. Nightmare on Elm Street. With the Nightmare on Elm Street series. But he hasn't moved into, you know, what really began what what people call this sort of postmodern wave Mm -hmm. of horror movies with Scream. You know, kind of self-knowing, very kind of wink-wink, integrated humor into it with the horror. And I think all of these things are important. Because Vampire in Brooklyn is a film that I also think it's really appropriate that we're ending the month with this and we started with Blackula. Mm-hmm. Because much like Blackula, I feel like I could take a scalpel and cut one or two things out of this movie and you might have something. Mm. 
you have this script about this vampire played by Eddie Murphy who comes from the Caribbean, as you say, some unnamed Caribbean island. Yeah. And he is looking for the 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 biracial technically because her father was a vampire and her mother was was a human mm-hmm. looking for the biracial daughter of this other vampire so that he can continue his race. And there are lots of parts of this movie that actually fit very neatly into the genre of horror like Wes Craven has clearly directed a lot of this but there were two things you know I think I think John Witherspoon sticks out like a sore thumb yes with his John Witherspoonness and he's and he's just being John Witherspoon Right, and this is John Witherspoon after Boomerang, and in fact, at one point in the film, he actually goes bang, 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 bang. Yeah, this is the we're in the midst of the John Witherspoon at Assance. Yes, but it's completely inappropriate for this film. Like I think you you know you you talk about the comic relief, so you have John Witherspoon who's doing bang, 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 you know, in between people getting um their throats very graphically ripped out. Yeah. And then you have Kadeem Hardison, who plays like the Renfield character. Mm-hmm. But Renfield always had a bit of humor about him. Like when you yeah. look at the Dracula Renfield um, relationships, mm-hmm. Renfield was always this sort of skittery, disgusting little guy that you halfway laugh at. So I actually didn't mind Kadeem Hardison. Yeah. And then you have Eddie Murphy, and Eddie Murphy has actually said this in several interviews, where he talks about this ridiculous wig he's wearing. Right. You, you know, where he looks like Nick Ashford. <laughs> Which they, they call, call right. out in the movie. So you can't take him seriously by the way he looks. Mm-hmm. But then he very much acts like a monster. So it's this weird... And then, you know, there are the two times where Eddie Murphy puts on the Eddie Murphy costumes. Like you say, he plays Preacher Pauly. Mm-hmm. And then he plays this very stereotypical, you know, Italian uh, criminal. Yeah. And it's it's like you could tell that these were leftover pages from coming to America mm-hmm. when he was going to dress up. And it completely disrupts each other. Like it's not funny enough to be a comedy because it's all of this really dark imagery and really dark stuff going on. Right. But it's not scary enough to be horror. Right. Because it's all this other ridiculous stuff going on. Yes. So that at the end, you're left with, you don't even know what you're left with. Like, like I don't even know what to call this. Like, I was talking to my wife earlier today, and she said she, she remembers trying to watch it. She thought it was unwatchable. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I could call it unwatchable. I just don't know what to call it. I mean, a, a mess? I about to say maybe a that's, mess. That's that's the word that was coming to my mind. It's a mess. It's a mess from the beginning to the end. First of all, as much as Eddie Murphy has a problem with the wig, and the wig, the the wig is crazy, you know. But I mean, he's he's, he's got a wig. He's got a wig. <laughs> and as much as John Witherspoon, I don't know what he's doing. Let me say here for record, I don't have anything against John Witherspoon, the man, because I do not know the man. But I found John Witherspoon to be very funny in Coming to America. I found John Witherspoon to be funny. Boomerang, you mean? I mean, in Boomerang. Right. In Boomerang. I found him to be funny in Boomerang. 
I found him to be funny in Friday. Right. The first Friday. <laughs> and when and I don't mind him as a voice on the boondocks. Okay. Other than that, mm. I can leave John Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. I because, like you say, this act, this is Boomerang all over again, and it's better served in Boomerang. Here, it just sticks out and just distracts you from the movie. But as big as a crime as that is, as big as a crime as the wig is in this movie, as big a crime as it is, whatever Wes Craven is telling Angela Bassett to do in this movie, run around. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jackie's Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh. What's the best way to eat a taco? That's with your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. Down and scream. Because that's all she does throughout the whole movie. She has zero agency in this movie. Mm. Those are not the biggest crimes in this movie. What's the biggest crime? The biggest crime in this movie, titled Vampire in Brooklyn, is that it is shot on sound stages, <laughs> mostly in Los Angeles. Mm. It is shot on sets in Los Angeles. I think there are maybe three shots that maybe they they did some you know location shooting for be real mm-hmm. in new york because i can't necessarily say that they those shots are even in brooklyn right but i know for damn sure that most of this movie is done on a sound stage okay and i can't believe that eddie murphy because this is an eddie murphy production mm-hmm Coming off of Beverly Hills Cop, Beverly Hills uh, Cop Three, yes, Distinguished Gentleman, and Boomerang, none of them great big hits. Boomerang was certainly, but Boomerang was a, a, enough of a hit. Distinguished Gentleman Bo- and Beverly Hills Cop Three, they're like, eh, you know what I mean. But you, you're still talking about a man that still has cachet. He can still basically write his check in Hollywood. You mean to tell me? He can't afford to do this movie on the st- called Vampire in Brooklyn and at least shoot 25% of it in Brooklyn? Hmm. Why do you think he didn't? Because he's cheap. Okay. Because he's cheap. And that's why he got a jacked up wig. <laughs> and that's why... I don't know who these reviewers who say that the special effects are are 
on point in this movie. That's why the special effects are nothing at all. Okay. They are like barely there. Um, and that's why I don't think anyone did more than two passes on this precious script that he, his brother, and his uncles wrote. Yes. Because this movie is a mess from beginning to end. I don't. I think Wes Craven is phoning it in. Um, admittedly, if you read the stories, uh, he, he did have some difficulty. Yeah. In in this movie, because Eddie wanted to play it straight, but while he wanted to play it straight, he didn't want to be a bad guy, which which I was feeling and. I thought that might have been the case because I didn't read I don't read like the background on a movie until right, after right, I watch right, the after movie. you watch it. Mm-hmm. But I was getting that sense from the movie that Eddie doesn't Eddie he's just playing he's playing it too smooth. Like I can always tell when Eddie is doing a movie more for the wardrobe than the the the, the character or he's letting the wardrobe be the character. Right. He's having so much fun walking around in this long coat with this big with the big shoulder pads and uh and and the black suits that he doesn't even care about what's coming out out of his mouth. And as much as he is against that wig, I think that's in hindsight that he's against that wig. Oh I no think, doubt. I think that when he's doing this, he's thinking he's God's gift. No doubt. Because quiet is kept. It's a crazy looking wig, but he wears it okay. I mean, he looks okay in know, the wig. Again, I think it's it's his blackula riff. Exactly, and um, so I think it's only hindsight that he's he's got a beef with a beef with the the wig. But in this movie, when it gets to the end, because spoiler alert, he's the bad guy, so he's going to die. Right, right. So he dies. He gets stabbed into. He gets stabbed in the chest. He falls back into the casket. And, and at this point, he's at his most monstrous, which right. is not like totally monster. Right. But, but he looks like a Klingon. Yeah, exactly. He looks like Worf. Yeah. So he's Worf in the casket, and then he wharfs back to Maximilian, Eddie Murphy. Now, at which point in almost every vampire movie that has ever been made, yes. at that point, the body either disintegrates yes turns into a skeleton yes something yes eddie <laughs> turns into smoke yes right so that when that happened i said oh eddie don't want to look bad right that's what this whole movie is eddie don't want to look bad in this movie because why don't you do that transformation yeah you could say that well everybody would could see it coming okay then don't do anything don't just turn into a puff of smoke yeah Come on, man. Yeah. I, I mean, look, Alan Payne, I don't know what he's doing. He's running around looking like some newsboy from a 1930s movie. I expected him to like come up to uh, the police police precinct and start shouting like extra, extra, read all about it. Because <laughs> he's got, <laughs> I swear... Um, you said it. Joanna Cassidy is is playing is uh, playing Thomas Rosella <laughs> from <laughs> from New Jack City. From New Jack City, yeah. In this movie, um, Angela Bassett is given nothing to do. They talked about. I, I read a review where somebody was saying that Eddie Murphy and Angela Bassett 
had chemistry. I think that Angela Bassett, there are some scenes where she is, you know, she's working it to make it look good. Right. But for the most part, I don't think there's any chemistry between her and Eddie Murphy. I don't think there's any chemistry between her and Alan Payne. I don't think there's any chemistry at all between anybody in this script. I think Angela Bassett's a good actress. I think she is a good actress. I think she's a good actress, and I, I think you're right. I think she does... She does the best she can with this. Yes. Like, like she pretty much came home and had to throw together dinner mm-hmm. and did all right. Like, and the, did all and right. that was all right. I actually didn't mind Alan Payne. I thought Alan Payne played his position. He played, okay. You know, like, I wasn't mad at Alan Payne. I didn't, but, but I think, I think, well, here's the, the thing that I got out of what you just said about Eddie Murphy not being a bad guy. And I think I agree with you that Eddie Murphy does not have that much chemistry with Angela Bassett. Mm-hmm. Angela Bassett is just a great actor. The funny thing is I saw sparks between Eddie Murphy and Kadeem Hardison. So did I. Like that's the movie right I like there. like when I was like wow, Eddie Murphy and Kadeem Hardison should have made a movie together. Yes. Because I like those moments in the car between them. Mm-hmm. And they and and I think those are the most generous scenes from Eddie Murphy. Because I think you're right. Eddie Murphy is in that full Eddie Murphy leading man mode. Yep. But in the scenes with Kadeem Hardison, he actually pulls back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And some of the best way, like it actually reminded me of his scenes in Boomerang with Martin Lawrence, where he would pull back and let Martin Lawrence get his shine. Yeah. And I love that. And then I think you're, you you know, I really do think, I think there were a lot of people involved in this film that didn't have a clear vision of what they were trying to accomplish. So Wes Craven, as you said, you know, Wes Craven wanted him to be Eddie Murphy, you know, the comedian. Eddie Murphy, I think, wanted to play it straight. But in a lot of ways, I don't know if he was confident enough in himself at this point at at at, at this point i that's mean the, i mean frankly besides dream girls like dream girls is sort of the culmination of all of the kind of eddie murphy whispering throughout the years that you know i think eddie murphy could be a a, a serious actor okay or eddie murphy could do something outside of eddie murphy the movie star eddie murphy the comedian mm-hmm. and you get this wonderful moment in dream girls and and then that's it yeah but certainly 20 years prior to this where and eddie murphy talks about this like this is during a period where he apparently was infamous infamously difficult to work with yep so you've got all of that going on and then you know again i i'm i i do believe that part of it was no one could envision a black vampire outside of the blackula mode you know because i actually thought it was an, a germ of an interesting story like this whole thing about vampires in the caribbean and you know this sort of throwaway detail that there was this caribbean vampire hunting squad yeah that you know murdered all the vampires and then the one vampire hit his daughter and then it drove the wife crazy and i was like damn yo like this is some old octavia but like y'all are talking some stuff right now that's the move again just like just like but now it's not him to dress up in the fat suit and be preacher paul right 
Lord Jesus. <laughs> oh, that was so painful. Yeah. To watch that scene because it is, it, it's not funny. No. Okay. But even worse, it, like John Weatherspoon, doesn't belong in the movie. Right. It's it's almost as if it's almost as if they were filming this movie because you know you famously film movies out of sequence. Sure. It's almost as if they were filming this movie in sequence and got to a point where they realized, oh, we got a real stinker here. We gotta we gotta spice it up a little bit. Yo, right. Yo, Eddie. Right. <laughs> right. I'll even say, or they shot it. Because the funny thing is, if you look at the trailer, half of the trailer are those moments where he's in, in the outfits. Mm. So that it leads you to believe that this is supernatural coming to America. Right. Yeah. Yeah. True. It, it, the 52 figure. Again, they don't even know how to promote. They don't know how to promote They didn't it. even know how to they promote They don't know it. what to promote, man. Yeah. And, and it's... It's a shame, like you said, because there is the germ of an idea yeah. there. But um And like two, maybe three years after this, post Blade, post Wes Craven doing Scream and kind of finding that particular voice mm-hmm. for Scream, mm-hmm. I you know, maybe take Eddie Murphy out of it. I mean, hell, the the four seconds that Kadeem Hardison is a vampire at the end of the movie. I said, oh, well, see, this is it right here. Don't you want that sequel? This is it right here. Don't you want this? You want that sequel because two things. Kadeem Hardison in those four seconds is it's just transformed. And 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 he he embodies that role, you know. It, yeah. It, he he he's eating it up, and it's a totally different Kadeem Hardison than you've seen in almost any other movie that Kadeem Hardison has been right, in. Right, right, or X number of years of different world. Right. And two, it's because, and here's a, you know, Hollywood is littered with them. Another brother that easily could have been. A leading man yeah. in a ton of comedies. Yeah. I don't know how I mean, I think Kadeem Hardison is not a bad actor, period. Right. But I don't know how many like leading men, like romantic leads or action yeah. leads he could do. But in comedies, he could be a, a leading man f- forever. Because he he's every bit the act comedic actor yeah. that Eddie Murphy is not. Right. You know, he is David Allen Greer. Right. But with more of a leading man features. Yeah. To him. Yeah. And that's why the second one that happens, oh, I'm with that. And also because in those four seconds, John Witherspoon is in the role that he should have been in. The Renfield Road. The Renfield ro- Road. Yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. But, you know, again, it's Eddie Murphy in 1998. 1995 who's going to tell Eddie Murphy that he can't do what he wants to do yeah man that's a shame because somebody should have told him that man you're talking about like like a man who has had a meteoric rise in Hollywood 
Um, but at this point, his stock is plummeting. And it, it's telling that after Vampire in Brooklyn, he quickly runs to the safe confines of family movies. Right. Well, I think it's two things. A, his stock is falling. But he's still Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's actually a bad combination. Because I think... I don't think there's ever been a moment in Eddie Murphy's career since 48 Hours where Eddie Murphy has felt like somebody can tell him something. Like, you can make suggestions. Mm -hmm. If you can get close enough to him to make suggestions. I have a whole theory about Eddie Murphy and a reality distortion field. But (laughs) I don't think Eddie Murphy has ever felt like I'm going to be hungry again. Certainly not since trading places. Right. Like, I'm never going to be hungry again. And again, and I think this is, um, you know, it's funny. Did you did you watch the, the, the 25th anniversary Deaf Comedy Jam special no. on Netflix? No, I didn't. Fascinating. Fascinating. Like, everything that we say about comedians. And it was fascinating watching all of these comedians. Many of them who have, have won. Mm-hmm. You know, Cedric the Entertainer, Steve Harvey, uh, uh, you, you know, D.L. Hughley, Chris Rock, um, you know, Dave Chappelle, pretty much every Tra- Tracy Morgan, Martin Lawrence. They're all there and all of these people who have won. Mm-hmm. It was fascinating watching. Like you could feel it come off of the screen that many of these men still had demons. Oh, yeah. Like are still tortured, are still kind of dealing with stuff, still feel like they have something to prove, like all of this stuff that kind of drives great comedians. And I don't get that from Eddie Murphy. Like I just I've I've never gotten from any because, you know, I'm a, well, I, Eddie's I'm a, dealt with his demons, man. I mean, what demons? Oh, right, 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 right. The thing with with the transvestite. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think even that. I don't even know how much of a demon that is. Like, that's just what he liked. Well, okay. Well, I like I've never gotten from Eddie Murphy damn near since Saturday Night Live. Like, like you're saying trading places and I'll like I'll go along with you with trading places. But I've never gotten from Eddie Murphy what I get from a lot of comedians in particular and certainly the ones I love. Like, I'll show you. I'll show you all. Like, he seems like a guy that really just enjoys being Eddie Murphy. Well, I think he's I think he's grown to that point, but he's he's come through a lot of stuff, man. I mean, he there's a whole transvestite thing. And then he um, had that big lawsuit with uh, the chick from the Spice Girls. No, 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 no. I'm not saying he hasn't had adversity. OK, I'm saying I don't know how much. <laughs> drama he cares oh like i don't know how much he cares like you know i got stuff to deal with just being edit you know just kind of being rich but like i don't think i don't think steve harvey will ever be happy and it comes off of him in waves mm-hmm. like he is settling scores and 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 i'll show you all mm-hmm. and 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 there's this bitterness Mm-hmm. And all of this that's in him, and I don't get that with Eddie Murphy at all. And and you know, I made a whole bunch of crappy movies, 
and they didn't make what they were supposed to make. And, you know, he got mad at Dave, David Spade on Saturday Night Live for that joke. Like, that's the big Eddie Murphy thing. He's not going to go on, you know, he wouldn't go on Saturday Night Live because of David Spade joke. But, you know, like I said at the beginning, you know, he lives in that big house and he got his lady and he make that music in that studio that don't nobody want to hear. Oh. And it's like sort of if you want Eddie Murphy to do interviews, you got to listen to my music. <laughs> All right, Eddie, we're going to listen to your music. Can you do some interviews, though? <laughs> well it it is a shame um yeah, yeah you're talking about an immensely talented man oh. and uh like i said i don't think you're going to see that at murphy again it's, i really don't it, it i have nothing but hope to fight back against that like i have nothing to fight back against that except hope like i was praying that i would see a whole wave of like second career Eddie Murphy semi-serious films after Dream Girls, and then he made Norbit, and then you know, like like I think Meet Dave was oh. after. I, I think that may have been after um, Dream Girls, but but you know clearly he yeah, I think you're right. And Dream Girls is not an Eddie Murphy movie, so. I mean, he's in it, but it, right, you know, right, right. His... But just his role in right, it right. was so good. Like I, I'm not a big like I don't mind the the first Nutty Professor. I could do without any, right, anything right. that comes after. And I like I'm, the Nutty Professor. And I'm not counting any of his animated movies. Okay. Um, but I really think like the last true Eddie Murphy film that I just 100 percent out and out enjoyed was Life. That's a good one. I mean, that's a good one to to pick. Yeah, that's. That, I think that's the last one that he did, and and that's, you know, that's ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. And I know you don't necessarily count it as an Eddie Murphy movie. I'm a I'm a Bowfinger dude. No, I think that's an Eddie Murphy movie. I think that's a very uneven movie, though. Oh, I love Bowfinger. I think it's very I love uneven. Bowfinger. I think that's a movie that that suffers tonally as well. I really do. Okay. But, um, you know, hey, uh, we are going to be hope you like this review. Well, first of all, would you recommend that people see Vampire in Brooklyn? There's a good question. And it's a good question. There's a question. I don't think I do. Well, I'll say this. I think Eddie Murphy has a bunch of movies Mm -hmm. that like. I, like I've never actually seen Mm -hmm. more than a minute of, of like the adventures of Pluto Nash. Or, or like I've, I've actually seen the Adventures of Pluto Nash. I mean, is it watchable? No. Yeah, like, like I'm looking at his his filmography, and like I were like I forgot about a thousand words. Remember oh, that from 2012? Wow. Like I remember watching Tower Heist, and oh, that's the one with uh, Ben Stiller. Yeah, right? and it's sort of right at unwatchable. Mm. I think of that sort of garbage bin. Of Eddie Murphy movies, mm-hmm. like the Eddie Murphy garbage bin, mm-hmm. like Distinguished Gentlemen and all that stuff. This might be the most watchable of that garbage bin of Eddie Murphy movies. You think this is more watchable than Distinguished Gentlemen? Distinguished Gentlemen's got Cheryl Lee Ralph, and and, and I love some Cheryl Lee Ralph. <laughs> Lord have mercy, but yeah, it's, it's it's more watchable than than the Distinguished Gentlemen, I think. Yeah, probably. You don't? It's been a minute since I've seen Distinguished Gentleman. Yeah. Um, 
And and what? Okay. Here you go. It probably wouldn't be in this bin, but time and the times that we are in now would put this movie in this bin. And this is why I would pick this from this bin. So I'm playing. I'm I'm messing with the rules a little bit. Okay. But mine would be uh, Eddie Murphy Raw. I think Eddie Murphy Raw is really problematic, but I think Raw is good. Eddie Murphy Raw is more than a little problematic. Eddie Murphy Raw is cringeworthy at this at the, at, at the times that we're in. Not because no, 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 it's I not funny, yeah. but it, it, it's still funny, but you hate yourself for laughing and then you, you don't laugh. And I think it is a wonder. I th- Put it this way. I think it works other in a way other than which it was intended. Like, I think it's damn near a documentary. Like, it is a fascinating look mm. at one of these iconic actor entertainer dudes. Mm. Like, I wish like I wish Jerry Lewis had a version of Raw. Oh, boy. That would be, you Do know, I. hateful and horrible and this, that, and the other. But, yeah, I actually don't put Raw under unwatchable. Uh, I do. It, it, it's cringe. I've actually tried to watch it, like, maybe about this is probably going back about three, four years ago. And it just, it was just stinging my ears. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Raw is tough. Yeah. Raw Meanwhile, tough. Delirious, his HBO special. I mean, come on, man. Oh, man. Stop. That's I a watched whole, that all day. That's a whole nother. T- you know my, you know, you know my argument about Eddie Murphy. And like, you, I've said it before. I said it like a year ago. And I think Eddie Murphy is as good of a storyteller as Bill Cosby. And I don't know how many people I think are as good of story, like actual storytellers mm-hmm. than Bill Cosby. And I think Eddie Murphy is as good as Bill Cosby. Yeah, he's just up there. straight up telling a story. Yeah, he's up there. And Delirious is exhibit A. Yeah. So, yeah. but we're talking about garbage. Well, we're talking Murphy about garbage. But of, of the garbage Eddie Murphy movies. I'm still saying. Well, you're, you're, yeah, yeah. No, you can't do raw. So I can't do raw. No, you can't do raw. <laughs> um, then if I can't do raw of the garbage, like, is it better than Daddy Daycare? <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw that in a movie. How about the Haunted Mansion? I didn't see that. Thank God. <laughs> did you see? Uh, did, did you see Aspa? I didn't. I forgot he was an eye spy. Yeah, how about the holy man? Wait a minute. Go back to eye spy. Who who, who does he play opposite? In? I think uh, that's the one with Owen. Um, yeah, Owen um, Wilson. I wanted to say Owen Hart. Um, how about the holy man? Boy, he has made oh, some garbage. Oh boy, holy man. Metro. Metro. You remember Metro? <laughs> Metro. Metro is not good. It's stop. Not good. Whatever it is you're about to say, stop it. <laughs> Whatever it is you're about to say. Stop it. <laughs> Unless you're about to say Metro is terrible. <laughs> Metro is when I actually felt betrayed by by Eddie Murphy. I said, damn it, Eddie Murphy. I'm in an abusive relationship with Eddie Murphy. Mmm. <laughs> mm. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to pull Vampire in Brooklyn from this from this dreck, but it's looking more and more like Vampire in Brooklyn. Um, but either way, I wouldn't recommend anybody see this movie. Yeah, I think I think there's some interesting stuff going on here and there in this movie. No, 
No, it's really not. All right. It's really not. Vince. All right. I don't know what you're stretching yourself for. I know. <laughs> I know. I don't mind Alan Payne. That's the best you can <laughs> say for this movie. <laughs> I think Angela Bassett, this is an example of a master actor showing why. She's like anyone could be a master actor if they're doing Othello mm-hmm. or like, you know, again, the piano lesson. Like, wow, that's such a great actress doing the piano lessons. Like, well, yeah, it's the piano lesson. But like if you can do all right with the script by Charlie Murphy and his uncle. Right. By <laughs> uncle Vernon, Charlie Murphy and Eddie Murphy. Then you are. Then you know, oh, wow, this, this is why she's Angela Bassett. You might be able to write your ticket. Right. Like you're actually Angela Bassett because you can do this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no reason to watch this. Have I told my Angela Bassett story here oh, on the Michelle Lord, Mission? Lord, no. How, did, how you got an Angela Bassett story? A friend of mine, uh-uh. a friend of mine, uh, Lee. What's up, Lee? Hey, what's up, Lee? He, uh, oh, he. I was thinking about Lee. Um, no, not 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 that Lee. This is a guy, Lee. He's right. an actor. All right. Um, what's up, Lee? I don't know you, but what's up? He was he was going to um, he was going to Juilliard. At the okay. time, this is like maybe about two. Oh no, it's got to be longer than that. About five or six years ago, and he um, had arranged for me and a group of friends to not only go to New York to see Angela Bassett and Samuel Jackson in the Mountaintop on um, Broadway, but to also be able to go backstage and say hello to Angela Bassett. Nice. So it was about me and about, I guess, about six or seven people. Okay. And the ratio was about five women, three guys. Okay. Right? So we're watching we're watching the mountaintop which it, it did have you ever heard of the mountaintop yeah yeah that's the martin luther king right yeah right mm-hmm. yeah, and, and it's, it's a good it's a good play mm-hmm. you know so you know like yo let's live we got to leave a little early so we can go meet miss bassett backstage we're like all right cool you know so we, we leave early go out a, a separate door have to actually go outside and go around an alley to come back in to like the state the backstage door uh, and then, you know, like, uh, uh, Miss Bassett is uh, changing. She will be with you in uh, just a moment. We're yes, like, yes. Like, all right, cool, cool, cool. So we sit there, we chill. So, um, and um, we're, we're expecting dude to come out and say, hey, y'all can come in. Angela opens the door. Wow. And she's like, hey, y'all, come on in. And she's got on um, jeans. And a uh, turtleneck sweater. Okay. And, and what I hadn't realized, and I, I don't know why I didn't realize this, but, you know, Angela Bassett is m- maybe five foot five. Really? Yeah, she's not a tall woman. I just assumed she was like 5'11 and like the Wonder Woman theme played every time she walked in the room. <laughs> no, man. She's maybe 5'5. Five, five. I might be generous to give her 5'6. Like six. them stars come out the side. The stars were coming like, out. All the world is waiting for you. Like every time she walks in the room, that's not what happens. No. Well, when she opened that door and said, "Hey, y'all, come on in with that big, beautiful smile," you couldn't tell me that there was. You couldn't tell me there wasn't like a halo around. Right, there, right, right, right. So everybody goes walking into her, her dressing room, and like uh, 
the women are walking in there and she's giving them a hug, right? Right. And a guy and a couple of the guys walk in and they're like, you know, like, hey, how you doing, Miss Miss Bassett? And they're they're shaking her hand, right? Right. So and she's hugging the girls, shaking the guy's hand. And even Lee, who arranged it, you know, like, hey, Miss Bassett, and he shakes her hand, like, you know, he he does this thing where he like cups her hand, you know, right. but he's still shaking her hand, right? So I'm the last one coming in. Yes. And she's like, hey, 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 your name? And I said, hey, my name is Len. I said, and if it's all the same, I, I want a hug. And she was <laughs> like, well, come on. Man, let me tell you, dog. Wow. Angela Bassett and Michelle Nichols. Yes, man. The life you live. Yes, man. I got in for my hug, dog. Nice. <laughs> yes, it was. Well, that's fantastic. That's my Angela Bassett that's story. That's your Angela Bassett story. Yes, dog. I don't have an Angela Bassett story. We'll get you one, dog. <laughs> we'll get you one. That is the Michelle Mission. That is the Michelle Mission. <laughs> hey, if you're in the Philadelphia area, ladies and gentlemen, this Saturday, October 28th, the Michelle Mission will be screening Vampire in Brooklyn. Yes. At Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. Right there on Frankfurt Avenue in Philadelphia. Doors open at 9 p.m. It's absolutely free. It's BYOB. BYOB. And we're asking everybody, if you can, come on down and wear a cape. Wear a cape. Which he doesn't wear a cape in this movie. No, he doesn't. He's he has got that. that I thought he wore the yeah, cape too. He's got that like, jacket. Yeah. Well, we couldn't find the jacket, but we've got cape. So uh, <laughs> I've got a cape. Right, you right. Got your cape. I'm getting my cape. We've got capes. So come also on down. Also, don't have that wig. Yeah, we don't have. We don't have. Maybe I'll see if I can find a way. Uh oh, watch out now. Um, I might see if I can find a way. All right now. Oh, I'll see. See, I'll see if I can find a way for you. All right, that'll be crazy. Um, so come on down and watch Vampire in Brooklyn with the Michelle Mission. And before the the program, before we screen the movie, me and Vince are going to play a little game with the audience called Eddie Murphy Madness, where we are going to take the films of Eddie Murphy. Put them all in brackets, and then you, the audience, and Vince, we will go through all of the films of Eddie Murphy, putting one against the other until we get down to the ultimate Eddie Murphy movie challenge, which is going to live on your DVD uh, shelf. Ooh, it'll be a whole lot of fun. All right, um, we'll give people opportunities to win some a uh, couple of prizes. You can win your own very very own copy of Vampire in Brooklyn. We're going to have a whole lot of fun this Saturday, October 28th at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House screening for free Vampire in Brooklyn. All right? So, check it out. Yes. Join the Facebook group. There's information there. Uh, the link's there. It'll give you the addresses and all that type of stuff. OBKB. And if you're listening to this show on the radio... Where we air at 1 p.m. on WPPM LP 106.5 FM in Philadelphia on Saturdays now. Hey, today's the day. So bring your butt down to our mouth. <laughs> um, there you go. I actually may have to edit that out. I just realized it because I don't think we could do that on that commercial on radio free radio. Okay. Well. We'll see if it slips through. We'll see if it slips through. And then Vanessa will get mad at us. And then she'll be mad. But hey, we were nominated for a Cami. Yes. So and congratulations be. on your win as producer 
and it's the Black Tribbles. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm I'm upset that the Michelle Mission we were nominated as well, um, but we did not win, and I knew we were not going to win because they were showing the clips of like all the people in our category, which was the Discovery category. Yeah. And like the the first clip was this film documentary film that this uh, blind gentleman. <laughs> Jesus. did of him blind in a wheelchair oh my god s- learning how to salsa dance <sighs> yeah kind of yeah we, we, we kind of hard to go up against that our little yeah Thomas Rosala jokey jokes <laughs> it's funny because the clip that they played from us it's just you making that laugh all it is is you with the <laughs> I was cracking up and just, what was it saying next year next year next year it's always next year all right all right ladies and gentlemen we are going to go next week on the Michelle mission hey we are going to take a break on this mission and spend a little time in the binge lounge yes you do not want to miss it that will be a whole lot of fun uh, we're going to talk about Saturday morning cartoons and a whole bunch of other stuff who knows it's, we're going to be binging and lounging and having a good time don't forget to hit us up follow us like us on Facebook Twitter Instagram email us at the Michelle mission at gmail.com with your thoughts and concerns if you really want to help us support black podcasts and on your podcasters of choice leave us leave us a five star rating and if you are so moved leave us a little uh, a review that helps it truly helps uh, people find our show and that's the biggest help that you can do for the uh, Michelle mission um, even though we do have a couple of little trinkets coming your way very soon they're actually Ooh. being made now Ooh, wait till you see these okie doke we gotta get out of here he's Vince I'm Len in parting you know what we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.